Hello and welcome to the Big Fat Fintech Quiz of the Year. I am Amelie Arras, former payments of the uh, Payments Race and a PR and communication consultant. So November is usually time for fireworks, toasting marshmallows, spending an in incredulous amount of money over Black Friday, Cyber Monday and Cyber Monday weekend. So here's a deal for you. Not one, but six incredible panelists. So to my right, I have... Odelia Boker. Uh, global VP Marketing for Glassbox. Hi there, I'm Peter Simon. I'm a data scientist at DataRobot. Uh, hi there, I'm Aaron Fernandez. I'm a senior innovation analyst at Schroders. Brilliant. And what team name have you chosen? That's a good question. Um, okay. Fin team. Huh? The Fin team. <laughs> the Fin team? So we have here... Fin team. Fin team. And on the left, we have... Hi, I'm Eugenia Winter. Uh, I work for ACI Worldwide. I look after the marketing for our FI&I business, particularly real-time payments. Brilliant, welcome. Hi, I'm Ryan Pritchard. I'm the Managing Director of Funding Options. Uh, we're an online marketplace for business finance. I'm Steve Clark, Managing Director for Fintech Connect. And team name? Uh, Norfolk and Chance. Norfolk and Chance. That's the one. That's going to be really hard for me to pronounce. Thank you very much. <laughs> Norfolk and Norfolk and Norfolk and Chance. Norfolk and Chance. Okay, so we've got Fintim and North, Norfolk and Chance. Thank you. That's a great Geordie twang you've got there. Yeah. <laughs> Bank of England has launched a cash versus cashless challenge, asking Brits who usually pay with cash to spend a week only using cars and other electronic payment methods. While those that generally go cashless are invited to try digging out their notes and coin, which of the following three currencies do you think has the highest rate of counterfeiting? Euro, pound or Swiss franc? So, my guess is the euro. Yeah, same, I was yeah. leaning towards that. Just because it's the highest value, you know, they have the highest value denomination. More euros in circulation, so therefore the Swiss franc is probably the most regulated. Um, are they talking about percentage, percentage terms? Have you reached a decision? We have. Have you? Which one are you going for? We are going for the euro. The euro. Okay. Pound. Final answer? Yeah. So we're saying uh, the British pound. British pound. And the winner is... The pound! Yes. Wow. North Fork Chance is winning. There we go, there we go. Based <laughs> off the Royal really Bank of Scotland 20 pound note. Well Royal Bank of Scotland 20 pound note. So yeah, according to the central banks, there are 300 fake notes in every 1 million pound selling notes, compared to 100 for the US dollar, 50 for the euro, and 10 for the Swiss franc. So is that surprising? Like, is it really an issue? What do you uh, think? Well, you see, I'm going, to, I'm going to demand a steward's inquiry here, yeah? Because <laughs> there are lots more euro notes out there than sterling notes. And um, therefore, you know, in terms of the absolute amount of notes that are counterfeit on those numbers, we're right as long as there's six times more euros than pounds. Yeah, but you ask about the rate, so. <laughs> Whose side do you want? We're on the same side here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would agree. I mean, I always, I jumped to the pound straight away because I know there's a lot of issues with these Royal Bank of Scotland yeah. 20 pound yeah. notes, but we also discussed in terms of, you know, we thought about the euro because obviously it's the mo most widespread currency and I thought, you know, 
that the Swiss franc probably be heavily regulated and less in circulation. Swiss so franc are quite... That was my thinking behind it. So we nearly went for the euro, but that 20, quid, but that 20 quid Royal Bank... Uh, you're no. leaving the EU now, so you're going you're gonna to have to keep your... Well, we may not have to convert to the euro. You, uh, depends what happens over the next couple of days. So something slightly different now. Uh, take a look at this video. So this is the second day now. It's been stressful, but, you know, a lesser man would have accepted the first meow. Oh, that'll do. But it won't do. Not for our customers. What do you think happened here? So, I think I might know this one. So, Anna has set up a new challenger bank where I believe you need to actually meow to actually um, react in terms of a pay or get a payment to then react. I believe. So, it's sound activation. Really? Seriously. It's aimed at the creative industry, though. Okay. Or maybe actually meow is actually when you make a payment. Yeah, I thought it was you make the payment and then suddenly you meow from your phone. I far prefer the idea of just meowing into the thin air, though. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we think there? Do you think the meow happened before the meow happened after? I was going to say after, on the tap, then it meows. As a verification after the transaction that it's Yeah, valid. like, you know, you just get a boring I think that's actually the true answer. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, but you started it, he kicked it off though there, so. We can share. So let, let's do half and half then, half and half. half. Cool. <laughs> so it, was, it wasn't a voice activated um, cyber currency trading <laughs> algorithm. No, that might be next year. You're right. So in November, Anna Monet launched their new cat meowing function. With 90% of small businesses failure, Attributed to cash flow problem, Anna claims that a sharp meow <laughs> coming from its app every time a payment is made could make users think more carefully about their spending. So, would a cat meow make you think twice, or what noise would make dogs. you well, I mean, <laughs> make you I mean, say like, "Ooh"? Surely, you know, if you really want people to limit their spending. What you do is you set up their smartphones to make a really loud farting sound every time they spend money, yeah? That's definitely um, discouragement. Yeah. Embarrassment, if anything, whenever it you go out work, there. It wouldn't work if you were paying for a date, would it? <laughs> yeah, what noise would you make, would you think, would like stop you spending money? I don't know, I think it's, I think it's quite innovative in the idea that it's trying to win over the brain space to make you quite aware, because the problem with contactless payments right now is that it is frictionless and it's so easy just to kind of tap your way through and not even actually mentally think and maybe it's just a different way to kind of get you to recognise something's happened, a transaction has actually taken place. So I'm not saying it's the right one, but it's a very, I'd be, I would love to find out how, what the user research says and how people find it. And I, 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 I was just going to say that, you know, if you're making a sound like a meow, uh, for verification purposes, what happens if your voice is affected by, like, if you're ill or something, <laughs> whether it's high pitched or not? Yeah, I'm sure when I say meow, it ain't the same every day. I was going to say, like, so, yeah. what kind of meow is it? It's like a meow, like, meow. And, and like what's the range of differentiation <laughs> between Monday and Tuesday that allows it to be verified? Oh, so, oh, oh, hang, hang on. So you have to meow at your phone to verify the payment. That's where I got it wrong. So actually, it meows whenever you actually make a payment. Oh, okay. okay, all right. Yeah. But I do like the idea that you have to meow at your phone to basically yeah. activate it. Yeah. Maybe that's something, something new there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or, or, or you could have like the upgrade. Show me the money. Yeah. That's it, biometric, mate. Biometric authentication, that's where it is. 
Okay, so moving on, a country that could perhaps do with some meow spending warning in China. November sees their annual Singles Day. This is a tradition dating back to the 90s when single people treated themselves with a little present. And in 2009, Alibaba founded Jack Ma So, the opportunity to turn into an everyone treat yourself day. But how much money in dollars did the Chinese spend on themselves this year? I was actually in, I was in China when it was on. So, yeah, so it was like, so it was mental. So we were there and we went to Financial the next day. So we're actually on, so we were there basically for like the... Um, How many? So we've got 1.8 billion something like that, yeah. Okay, what do you think? How much do you think they're spending then? Uh, 30.8 billion dollars. 30.8 billion dollars. That's it, in 24 hours. Fintim, have you got a decision here? No, we're still working with numbers. We're still working with Ten numbers. Seconds. Yeah, yeah, we Ten have, seconds. We don't have our laptops. <laughs> 50? Okay. Have you given? Two seconds. Yeah, okay. then we've got a decision here. 50. 50 billion. 50 billion. 50 billion dollars. Yeah. So we've got 30.8, very precise, and 50 billion here. So the answer is a record-breaking of 31 billion dollars in just 24 hours. I think they rounded that up. It's 30.8. We'll be, do we get an extra half a I point? I think you get like a point for that. You get, you get a point. Well done. No fork and chance. That's the one. <laughs> so yeah, a record breaking 31 billion in just 24 hours. Up 5.5 billion on last year. Is that too much, do you think? Uh, are days like Singles Day and Black Friday useful for consumerism? I mean, you were in China. One of the reasons we got that right was because you were actually in China at the time. So yes, maybe you should answer that question. Nicely diverted, thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I think in terms of consumerism, as long as it's uh, spending responsibly, obviously, do I think that that kind of volume of spending is responsible? I'm, I'm probably not best to say. Uh, but mentally, in terms of obviously the uplift of buying yourself a present, I mean, if nobody else is going to buy it for you, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, that's a good and thing. And there's a I big think. issue in terms of being single in China, because we all know, obviously, they were limited in how many children they could have. So, as a result of this one child per family, uh, there were less girls. So now there's a massive problem where there are all these men running around, they haven't got any women to marry, and um, that's rectified now. But being single in China is a big deal at the moment. So you'll be single for a while, spend money, enjoy it. Exactly, yeah. Amen to that. The premise of, the premise of Singles Day is so different from Black Friday, which probably does promote just buying for the sake of buying to do something. But like you said, just culturally, yeah, it's completely different and treat yourself, have a, yeah. Do you do Black Friday yourselves or? Like, yeah, I, have, I fell into buying some stuff I'm, on Black Friday for I'm, sure. Yeah, I'm literally one like marketing gets me like anything that really? marketing. I'm like, yes, I am gonna, I'm gonna buy that. I'm saving actually. I'm interested to know. I keep reading things which says a lot of these goods that are actually marketed as Black Friday save so much money. Actually, they're about the same cost, if not more expensive. Probably. Um, and like you know, I work in marketing, so. I, good on those guys for the marketing behind Black Friday, but as a consumer, I remain unconvinced. You, ha you have to take your hat off to the people who managed to make 
you know, a big shopping event which is based on being the day after a holiday which we do not celebrate in the UK, a huge thing, right? It's the day after Thanksgiving. Talking of billions, for those of you uh, that may not know, a private company or startup that is valued at over 1 billion is known as a unicorn. And according to a Bullhurst, the UK currently houses 16. So how many do you think you can name out of these 16? Uh, I, know, I know the answer to this. The answer to this is one. I think I can name this one of them. This is where you talk about places like Monzo and... And actually I can't remember which one that is. Starling Bank. So what are the, what are the payments? Um, and what about, um, what about uh, Rafels or are they... Who? Rafels Bank. How many have you got so far? Fintim? Go on, Ambitious Seven. Ambitious Seven? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to start by Norfolk and... North, North Fork and Chance. Excuse me? North Fork, North Fork and Chance. Just checking. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> North Fork and Chance. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, let's go with yours. How many can you list? We've got ten, but we're not sure about all of them. But okay. go from the top. I think we got, we got eight. But we'll just read them out, just in yeah, case. Yeah, let's read them out. So TransferWise, Monzo, Starling Bank. Aaron Fernandez, I see that, son. Put him. <laughs> no, no, we'll catch you. TransferWise, Transfer Monzo. Monzo yeah. Starling Bank, Funding Circle, Revolut, World Remit, Currency Cloud, Currency Transfer, Currency Exchange, Clear Bank, and Atom Bank. Atom Bank, yes. Interesting. So you actually have one, two, three, four, five. What? Five, <laughs> right. What about this, Tim? Let's what, go. What, what, what they said plus. <laughs> so which one no, have you got? This, um, and this was just unicorns across tech industries, right? It wasn't In the just, UK, yeah. Yeah, but not just fintech. Uh, yeah. Cool. Just checking before we answer completely wrong. Um, so we've got TransferWise, Monzo, Revolut, ClearScore, Funding Circle, Deliveroo, Just Eat. Are these a fintech or tech? That's what we asked, and apparently oh, it's tech. I went fintech. Oh yeah, we thought you were just asking fintech. A unicorn is a private company or startup that is valued at over one billion. Any industry. Any industry. Oh. No, we didn't. Well, the question wasn't clear. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are leading anyway, we're, I wouldn't be We're too... kind of claiming Stripe, but I don't know if we can. You've got 5-2. Oh. And we went outside the industry. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, didn't you used to work in the FinTech Innovation Centre for a well-known firm as well? Yeah, which is why we got all the FinTechs. It's just everyone Thought else so. who so. struggled. Not to stitch you up. Okay. <laughs> so, the correct answers are Benevolent AI, Oxford Nanopore, the Hut Group, TransferWise, Funding Cycle, Brewdog, Improbable, Deliveroo, Ognorse, Revolut, Dark Trace, Monzo, Global Switch, BGL Group, Atom and Radius. And finally, as mentioned, Monzo hit unicorn status at the end of October this year and closing an 85 million investment round. And yesterday, 
They launched their latest crowdfunding campaign aiming to raise 20 million, which they did in 163 minutes. But in 2016, how long did it take their first campaign to hit 1 million? Question for you. We have an answer. An answer. Should we give it You've to you? You've got an answer. There yeah. we go. That's quick. We think it's 96 seconds. How many seconds? Okay. What the, what the question's getting at is that it took longer in 2016 to get just a million, and, oh. and now it's 163 minutes to get 20 million. Have you reached yeah. an answer? Do you guys want to go first this time? Yeah, we've, we've, already, yes. we've already said, but happy to, uh, happy we've to already re announce. Got the answers. 96 seconds. Well, they've given their answer. What, what do you think? <laughs> go with what you yeah, uh, thought. Yeah, we're going for a day. You said a day. No, four hours. Is... Oh, right, hang on. Four minutes. They had a really good point. It took you longer to come up with this answer that it took uh, Monzo <laughs> to raise their first million. So it is 96 seconds. Oh, well done. Well done, Finn Tim. So Monzo reports that they account for 15% of all new bank account openings and have recently hit 1 million customers. And that's it. So the winners are. The Norse Folks and Chance. Well done, Zane. Thanks. Thanks very there much. we go. Beautiful. <laughs> Before we go, there is just time to hear a little more about our amazing panelists. So, what have you been up to and where can we find you? Uh, well, we at Glassbox are experiencing hyper growth, so it's been a fantastic year for us. I think. Uh, uh, you know, we'll shortly be able to announce that uh, we're working with the top largest uh, four banks in the States. Um, uh, and again, tremendous year. We, we can find, you can find more information on glassboxdigital.com. Okay, so in Data Robot, we've had a fantastic year as well. We've just actually closed our Series D last month, which was great. Uh, we have been working with a great variety of businesses, large and small across uh, a number of verticals. I need to keep an eye out for you guys when I spend my, I work with banks, so I spend a lot of time wandering around Canary Wharf. Uh, we've added a lot of great features to our product recently, and to find out more about what DataRobot can do for you, come and have a look at datarobot.com. Thanks. At Schroeder's, I want to say we've had a fantastic year, but I joined three weeks ago, so <laughs> it's been a very good three weeks, and I'm assuming the rest of the year was pretty good as well. Um, but no, I've joined the innovation team recently, and I think one of the bigger achievements we've had this year um, is launching an in-residency program um, called Cobalt. So we bring startups in-house and kind of work with them and help them work with Schroeder's. So the company that's recently graduated through that is called Quill, um, and they're fantastic, and you should check them out. Thank you. Uh, so ACI Worldwide is a global payments business. We're a solution provider that um, covers all aspects of the market from uh, biller through to corporate, merchant and financial institutions and intermediaries. $16 trillion uh, goes through our rails on a daily basis. Um, our motto is any payment, every possibility. No matter what you're looking for, we've got a solution. To find out more, it's uh, www.aciworldwide.com. Cool. Um, so today we were announced as the winners of the Nesta Open Up Challenge. Uh, so this is actually a competition put forward by the 
uh, Competition Markets Authority. And this is basically coming up with solutions to help small businesses. Um, from our side, it was to actually help them get access to finance. Uh, so this year has been incredible. So started the year at 31 people in our London office, finished it with 64, uh, went from one country to two countries, uh, closed our Series A, um, and now we're focused basically in terms of building out across Europe, um, strategic partnerships with Starling, TSB, um, ING in the Netherlands, and talking to a number of other banks in the UK and Europe. So really excited for 2019. Uh, so FinTech Connect is the UK's largest financial technology conference and trade show, and it's actually where we're filming this right now. So the last uh, couple of days have been pretty busy for me. Uh, we've had 5,000 people here over the two days um, and uh, a tremendous time, 150 um, sponsors and exhibitors. So anyone interested in taking part in 20, the 2019 version of the show, um, hop on to www.fintechconnect.com. So thank you for joining us and um, stay for the next episode where Ali Patterson leads a panel in discussion about the future of fintech. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.